Tuesday, January 22nd, episode four of Talkin' Schmidt. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Am I recording right now? Just give it the old college try right here. Oh, big dog's in. Schmitty! What do you think, Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. He's so fucking busy. <laughs> Shit my pants, lad. Are you ready? Come on, Schmidt. Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yay! It's Talking Schmidt with a whole new intro. What do you think, bros? Is that better? Today we are in the back patio at our favorite restaurant, The Mission, with one of its owners. That's right, kids, we're at Blue Plate. This shit is real. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Corey David Obenor. Thanks for having me, Schmitty. <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? Not much, just excited. It seems fun. So where are we right now? We're at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street in San Francisco. This is my uh, food jail for 20 years. Uh, you were born and raised in San Jose? Yeah, San Jose, uh, 1970, I started my life, yeah. What's your relationship to skateboarding? San Jose was a hotbed when I was, when I was little, and, uh, my dad and grandpa, my grandpa put my aunt Denise's, uh, wheels on an old, old skateboard, and that was my first board, and it was, uh, the old metal wheels, but that didn't really work. And then uh, I think I got another board that somebody made, this guy Bobby Campbell that worked at a junior college with my dad. He made me like kind of a bigger board and I rode that for a while. And then um, my dad somehow through his job at the junior college was friends with Joel Gomez at Sessions in Sunnyvale. Okay. So um, I think I got, later got my first real board there. I think it was like the freestyle rat bones wheels that we were riding just to be able to slide on like a mini cab you know independence yeah and that was it and uh i don't know san jose it was going to the montague banks and having my mom drop us off at night oh sick and uh yeah and then coming back to pick us up it you was hit fish banks fish banks for sure um the wave that big white oh, yeah, wall for sure um did you get hit were you cabs ramp at all Never went to Cavs Ramp. No, mm-hmm. I kind of just had my spots. I always kind of laid low. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of street skating back then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was more or less the start of it. And then, um, you know how it goes from there. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I read on your website that in 1999, two friends from college who knew nothing about opening a restaurant did exactly that. Uh, talk about those early days. I can kind of fuck that up a little bit. There was four friends, but you know, you know what? The, the way it went was, this is, this is exactly how it went. I had moved from Santa Cruz to San Francisco to go to culinary school. Uh-huh. And um, I was filling out financial aid papers, and I had this woman chef that was awesome, Wendy. I don't know where she is these days, but she, she told me one night after work, she's like, don't go to culinary school. You're gonna end up you know, paying a ton of money and you're almost there. She's like, just put your nose in the dirt 
and go grind and I was like you think so she said yeah and the thing that stuck out of my mind is she said I pay like 80 or 90 thousand dollars and for a whole quarter I learned to carve like a swan out of ice she's <laughs> I'll never fucking do that again oh, man. you know so I was like I, I, you know I went home that night and uh, burnt my burnt my uh, application papers and um, never looked back right. so the other advice she gave me was she's like go to small restaurants and be the best worker you can give them everything you have and once you're absorbed everything you have to learn this is your culinary school go to the next one thank oh. them give them time and go to the next one and do it again yeah and then once you do that keep doing it until you feel like you have nothing else to learn so I took her words and kind of did that you know so you worked in a lot of restaurants a lot of restaurants around the mission yeah uh -huh. I just kind of looked I'd ride up and check out their menu and if it looked like something I wanted to do I like I like the food I like the way it looked inside um, I would go for it and I would do exactly what she said I'd be honorable give them give them everything I had right and uh, learned everything I could thank them and moved on did you, you have know? a favorite um I really like working for this kind of this punk rocker from Texas this guy Jay Ewing um, at this restaurant uh, that's on Bryant Street Bryant 20th uh -huh. um, that was called uh, it was called Tassan, but now I think it's still Blowfish. It was in the Blowfish building. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was in that building. That was like 25 years ago. Sick. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, and that was I mean right around the corner from Atlas Cafe, and that was that was just a good time. But um, what what came of that was I you know started go doing all these restaurants and stuff, and there's something I didn't like about every one of them, you know. And, um, you know, I just didn't like the way they were doing the food. I didn't like listening to this shitty music. I didn't like their weird kind of cookie cutter, bleached, anemic furniture that they chose. Everything about it was like, I can do better, huh. you know. And it's something that sticks out of my head, actually. I don't know if you remember the uh, Spaghetti Western that used to be in the lower hate like 25, 30 years ago. Oh. No. <laughs> well, there's something burn a hole in my head also. I was like, I went there one morning to go to brunch and there's a line. I actually remember seeing, I didn't know who he was at the time, Billy Valdez. And he had, he had fronts, like teeth, you know, like fronts in his mouth, like yeah. grill. And I was looking at this restaurant and they're blasting ice cube kill at will. And the waitresses were, you know, just punk tattoos, everything. And it was just complete anarchy, this restaurant. It was like, and I was like, I didn't know it could be like that. Right. You know, I'd never seen that before. I was like, they didn't, you know, they weren't, they didn't care if, you know, it was, the music was too loud or their, you know, whatever lyrics there were or, hmm. and it was just, it, it set something off inside me that kind of, that kind of went below and just kind of simmered forever. And I kind of, it stayed there. And then I had a, my last night at this restaurant that I didn't really like on New Year's Eve. And then I went out on New Year's Eve and did it up and was hellishly hung over the next day. And I went to Atlas Cafe at 20th in Florida or whatever. Yeah. And I ran into a friend I hadn't seen who ended up opening this place with me. But he had, he had done the same thing on a New Year's dinner the night before. And he just had a hellish time. And him and I, him and I had sat down in the sun, hung over, drinking coffee midday and we're just like dude i can't stand these restaurants <laughs> he's like they made me put this bourbon glaze on this local this beautiful salmon he's like i almost couldn't do it i almost just walked out 
the back door. Right. The back door was open. I could see I could see the get out. He's like, but he's like, we got to open a restaurant. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like 27 and broke, you know? Yeah. But I liked the idea. Yeah. And he's like, we should make a restaurant. But I didn't think he was, you know, like, I didn't think he was, I didn't think it was a realistic thing because I was broke. I was like living in my friend's law for 150 bucks a month. And that's all I had to come up with. No utilities. I didn't know anything else. And I was just, I didn't have any money, you know, it was like just kind of living and jumping in the van and going to Greer and just whatever, you know. But mm-hmm. um, so anyways, he called me the next day after that New Year's Day meet up and he was serious and i was like you know what i'm gonna stick my nose in the dirt and see if we can do this so i went and met him at 24th and bryant in the mission and uh he had a yellow pad of paper and some pens and like i said the bottle of carlos rossi and we sat down and we we're like what do we got to do and we didn't know anything and looking back that was our strength because we didn't know how gnarly it was going to be what was ahead of us do you know what i mean yeah so like i look back in retrospect i'm all if i knew i had to do that I might have just fucking sandbagged it. Right. But, like, doing it, like, with, like, a horse of blinders, what I had to do each day, like, made it possible because I wasn't looking too far ahead and I didn't know what it was going to do, which was kind of rad, you know? So, I was, so anyways, we, we were sitting there and we're like, what do we got to do? We're like, we got to find a place. And we knew that we had no money. So we, had, we needed to find a place, and we, we thought that we had to find a place with a hood because we knew even back then putting a hood in, was 30,000 bucks, you know? So we needed, so what we figured out was we had to find a place that had been closed, that had a hood already. Right. So we didn't have to buy from anybody. We're not buying their business, Uh you know? So it was like a needle in a haystack. So we got in our Dodge Dart every day, you know, we got coffees and fills and just cruised and looked for for rent, you know? And this is like 1998, you know? And we looked at so many places, you know, and just, um, finally we stumbled upon here, but you know, three, two and eight mission and it was closed and it was, it was a trip. Like, you know, so we, we finally, you know, got in here and it looked like a scene from like a Western movie. Like, like they stopped the scene and everything was in place. Like the cash register was open. <laughs> there was like cups of coffee that had dried up. Cause it'd been, it'd been empty for 11 months. That's like, and bogey. like there's pots on the stove. It was creepy, man. Wow. Creep salad. We, but we, so we, you know, we kind of looked at it and we're like, there's the hood, yeah. you know? And it was, it was straight out in 1970s, you know? It was like nothing had changed. They had wood paneling walls. All these, all the ceilings were like as low as they could go with fluorescent lighting. Whoa. And anyway, somehow we, we got the lease, you know? We pulled it off and we got the keys. And I remember the first day we had an old boom box with cassettes, yeah, Black Sabbath, and like I forget what else, and we had crowbars, baseball bats, hammers, <laughs> and we put paper over the walls, and we just we got a bottle of Jim Beam, and th- there was four of us, the two other friends, the good friends, got in on it, uh-huh. and we just started c- going crazy, knocking. We knocked up the ceiling first and got a flashlight and realized we had high ceilings. And we're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Because it was like claustrophobic. Yeah. And just started knocking in walls, knocking shit down, just demolishing it. Just drinking wow. whiskey, pounding. And um, the, one, the one thing we noticed right when we walk in the door is this, from the 1950s, this big deco plate, blue plate. It was a big blue plate. Oh. And we had been haggling over name. all these shitty ass names for the restaurant, you know, while we are driving around the car. And they were bad. Like, we had one like... Uh, back burner like put it on the forget it yeah put it on the back but just 
I don't remember the rest, but we just, so anyhow, um, we were like, fuck it, let's just call it Blue Plate. That's it. That's the name of the restaurant. We don't have to go back and forth. Yep. And everyone's all cool. That's it. No matter what. That'll, we'll shape it around that. Okay. You know? And um, we broke the plate the next day. <laughs> and we're like, dude, is that bad luck or good luck? And we're like, we're going to call it good luck. That's it. That's a good luck charm. We uh -huh. busted it. It's like breaking champagne against a boat. Right. So fuck it. We're going to go forward with this. So we did. And we made a pack to work every single day. We did all the construction. We had friends from the mission uh -huh. come in because we didn't have like what we did. We start with 12 grand each, 48 grand. That was our budget. Whoa. These days, you need at least a million dollars. <laughs> to get anything open yeah so we had 48 grand in the bank you know i mean i remember i sold my snowboard gear and shit yeah. everything to like make you know happen. to make it happen anything i had and um what year was that 1998 98 and so we made a pact that we worked every single day seven days a week yeah holidays, holidays no matter what yeah. like there was no sorry mom not coming home you know that's it we're there's no you know right except for one like one of the first couple of weeks i Ate a bowl of wake and bake cereal and was riding, riding my my board up up Mission Street and rolled into a, in, right over here in this this uh, intersection. I rolled right over by the uh, the uh, what's it called um, the bar right there um, and got smacked by a minivan. Oh. I flew I flew over the crosswalk the Argus or to, you know, by the Argus yeah by the Iron and Gold now okay um, and uh, landed on a manhole and. Um, it took me, I went to general for two days and I was just in bed with like, I chipped my hip and like, you know, all just whatever. But anyways, it took me out for a week, but then I was kind of slowly just got back in there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we just did everything. We, we mudded the walls. We, I, I spent four days in this back dining room yep. with my rector knee pads on. Yeah. And I chipped away at four different decades of linoleum, like 60s, uh, okay. 70s, 80s, 90s, and then I found wood floors. Right. And those are the wood floors back there. I was like, I remember being, I found wood. And everyone's like, woo! You no know, way. and so it took me four days with a hammer and chisel, because it was so many years, it got hard and stuck, you know? Right. So I had to do that, and um, we had to rip out the kitchen. We, I mean, do everything, you know? Uh -huh. Our friends did uh, all the electric. Um, did Toad do the electric? Toad's done the, like electric here for us, but, uh -huh. um, not the bulk of it. He, okay. He's like saved our ass a ton of times. Yeah. You know, and his brother actually, Demetrius, has saved us. What's up, Demetrius? <laughs> he <laughs> saved us on a Valentine's Day when it was like pouring rain. Yeah. We had to go 100 feet up onto this building and put like, we had to pulley a new hood fan. Wow. We had 160 reservations that we had had to call back to cancel. Yeah. And his, his Toad's brother is gnarly. He yeah. came over he and he drove down to San Jose, picked it up in like crazy storm went up on that roof which was angled like this and covered in moss it was and we were up there for five and a half hours and we got it got the hood running at 4 30 before we opened at five and then came down and cooked it was insane um but anyways we did our months and we got open um we we basically ran out of money so we had to open with no sign in the front no coffee cups <laughs> no, I mean, I went on, this went on forever. We didn't have the extrusions on the side of our tables. Do you remember the date? Yeah, May 1st, 1999. Oh. And we had a party. We had our opening night. But basically what happened is we, were, we so didn't know what we were doing that we ran out of food by 7. And then we just gave away all our booze. And there, it was like people was so packed and it was just nuts that we closed for a week and kind of with our tails between our legs and got it back together. 
and then we opened it back up, you know? Right. And uh, our, one of the friend's dads bought our wine and beer because we didn't have it on his credit card at BevMo, and it was just winging it style. But, you know, I look back, the food was good, and the food was also just really bad because we really kind of knew what we were doing, but we kind of didn't, you uh -huh. know? Not that we do now, but a little more yeah. polished. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the start, you know, and that was, that was almost 20 years ago. This may be 20. That's How many uh, head chefs have you gone through in the 20 years? I did it with, with that original guy for the first four or five years. It's a little, chronology is a little blurry, but like four or five years. And then our friend Jonah Oakton, that's the current uh, chef at Boulevard. Uh -huh. He uh, came in and he was really talented. He really set us straight and we were doing some good stuff, but he kind of polished everything off. Uh -huh. um, thanks, Jonah. He like, he kind of, he kind of set us our, set our ship in a good that direction. That was like 2005. It was probably like four or five. Yeah. Early mm -hmm. on, he came in and just like, he's just really talented, creative. He's like got a good appreciation for the craft. Um, and then uh, we've had a bunch of other people after that, you know, kind of helping me out. And then when I had my first kid, uh, I kind of couldn't be as round as much. Mm -hmm. And uh, another great one, Sean Thomas. You know Sean. Yeah. I like big, handsome guy. Tattoo. Sean, he rules. He's yeah. a ruler. Lifetime ruler. Um, he came in and, uh, you know, did it for three, three and a half years. And then he went to New York at WD50, which is that food science restaurant with Wiley Dufresne's. Learned a lot of tricks and different stuff there. And then came back for five years. Sick. Yeah. yeah, that guy was a man. He is. His food's <laughs> good. It's inspired. He, he he holds he holds the bar high every <clears throat> single day. Okay, cool. So on average, how how often do you see Felper in here? Um, depends when he's on the road, but he usually comes in the first Monday when he gets back from the road. Like, oh, yeah? so like anywhere from twice a month to sometimes five, six times a month, you know, he, he'll come in during the day. And like I said, he'll sit in the office for a couple hours and text and who's clam bake. He always somebody, somebody's number in his phone, clam bake. I don't know. I don't know. It always cracks me up. I know. Totally. So, I don't know. But anyways. Um, yeah, at least, you know, three times a week, he'll come and sit at his, at his corner seat by the skateboards and all the waitresses know him. And he's just kind of like, he seems like he's just part of the family, you know? comes in an hour before like this you know earlier and yeah and he'll hang out and talk and he likes his cherry limeade and he he likes his beets he doesn't like eggs he doesn't like tomatoes <laughs> he likes the steak medium well he hates tomatoes he hates tomatoes you know yeah and uh and uh we got it down and he the, you know he eats he eats a lot of food he do likes you, does do you like when he walks in do you just is he eating the same thing every time or does he change it up he changes it up. Okay. He's pretty, he's pretty, uh, so like if we have beets, he loves beets, you yeah. know, he loves beets, but he, you know, he, you know him, he, he'll surprise you, but right. he's a good eater. He appreciates food. You know, you can tell he's had a lot of good food around the city and around the world. Yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. He, he's done that. Yeah. Has there been like any like crazy disaster or anything like a fight in here that got super crazy? Have you seen any mission ruckus that like carried I don't know anything that was like, geez, that night sucked. Um, there's so much that's have a hard time remembering. But you know what? I was sticks out in my head is we used to my business partner Jeff. We used to have the four business partners, like I said, mm -hmm. but two of them were got out. Like this is either sink or swim sort of business. Either you're in or you're out. You know okay. what I mean? So two of them after a year were like, I'm gone. We're like, all right, it's not your thing. Go for it, which yeah. I get. You know, 
And, um, but anyways, my business partner, Jeff, one of my best friends in life, uh, I think that's why we made it 20 years, because him and I are yin and yang, or whatever you want to call it. Like, we just kind of, we get each other, you know? So, uh-huh. um, but anyways, he had one of those Mercedes diesels engine cars things that that he's like, I'm going to get one of those and put our fryer oil in there. So I'm not paying for gas, you know, <laughs> fuck the man, you know? And I was like, sick, let's do it. So we, we had an 80 gallon drum downstairs and he bought all this filtering equipment and stuff like that. And uh, him and our, our neighbor, Whitney, who used to own Cafe Abo up the street, RIP Whitney. Um, but anyways, uh. he, uh, they shared it and they, they basically was like right out front on Mission Street was like a gas station. Wow. They'd pull up, they'd, you know, this filtered fryer oil and they'd fill up their tanks and they'd rocked it for years. Oh, wow. But then one time Whitney came by to uh, fill up his, fill up his uh, tank, you know, and I uh, came in, he, you know, he uh, had a glass of espresso, high five and hugged everybody and filled up his tank and he's gone. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't think much of it. So, you know, it's busy ass night pans are banging fires flaming and everything and well the cooks go dude go get me i need more meatloaf downstairs so i go downstairs and he didn't shut the valve oh. so we had 80 plus whatever gallons of two inch thick oil Fuck. filled our our cellar our basement downstairs holy shit! like so high that it was like up into my like birkenstock plastic yeah. shoe thing like and i and it was like the exxon valdez like, it's like how do you clean this up you know and i called him all dude you got to get back here he's like i'm going out i got this i'm all no dude you got to get back here right now Uh and he came back and his chin dropped you know i'm like i didn't know where to start and i was like dude you need to go to home depot and buy some cat kitty litter and he went and bought like 500 pounds and we had saw in but dude it was it was hazmat it was gnarly it was like how long did that take to clean it never really i mean we got it the same we it took months and we power wash it, but it just <laughs> never felt the same. You know, it's like, Damn. it was like so much oil. Like that's a big basement. It was yeah, like, yeah. so I mean, that happened. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, it's like, Any I always think, trip? I always think after this job, I could do anything. Cause right? every day you walk in, there's Same a water effect. heater breaking. Someone's calling in sick with a lie or, you know, there was yeah. something really did happen. Uh, yeah. Someone cuts their wrist. Someone burns. I mean, I saw a cook. That was searing this guy Brian Murphy, um, kind of a cook legend. Fucking, he was cooking these pork loins, and he must have had this oil like seven, eight hundred degrees. Yeah. And he went to dump it in the compost right before we opened, and somebody said something. He turned his head and slipped, and the oil went down his arm and over his hand. Damn. And it was like that's hot, hot. I was smoking and like. And so he put his hand under the cold water immediately and turned on the faucet. And I watched like 18 inches of his skin peel off. And I could basically see under his skin. Like the cold water just took it off. And so this dude was like, I was like, dude, you got to go to the emergency right now. He's like, no way. He's like, it's a Friday. He's like, I'm not going. I'm all, dude, you can't, you can't. We'll we'll close. We'll do less covers. It doesn't matter. You got to go. He's like, dude, I'm not going. He's like, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette. He's like, and I come back, make sure I have a metal third pan full of ice water. He's like, I'm going to cook with one hand and we're going to get to this Friday and I'm going to go to this, I'm going to go to the ER after service. And I cooked next to the dude all night long with his arm and we had our wait staff kept bringing him ice to replenish it and he'd carry it from when he was plating over to the grill and kept his arm in it. No way. And then he went to the ER afterwards. 
it was insane you Holy know there's some all the time really wow, that's you know? sick yeah it was like it's and like i couldn't tell him any different you know yeah i couldn't tell him any different i was like because i didn't want him to stay i didn't want to be responsible for that i didn't want him to feel <laughs> like that yeah nothing you know nothing yeah i think he's like yeah give me give me a guinness one guinness that's all i want and an aspirin <laughs> and an ice bath full of ice and i'm good i was like all right fuck, here we go Damn. that was like 2003 or something yeah insane wow. yeah. yeah i'm sure you see crazy shit I, I worked in the restaurant for a little bit actually for like eight years and uh yeah you, you see what it, it's yeah. kind of cool because you're almost like an actor you just come in and you're in this movie yeah yeah <laughs> seriously yeah in real life shit happens there's emotions people bitch oh, yeah. people are stoked it's like you just kind of rolling and you know it's yeah, like the thing that you said that stuck out to me was uh Every day is crunch time, and when somebody calls in sick last minute, that's a fucking, that's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, we're understaffed. How am I going to get somebody to come in in five minutes, asshole? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I don't care Especially if you're hungover. Especially a dishwasher, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you're hungover. Come, yeah, come and have another beer. Just yeah. work. Yeah, something. I don't know. One of our friends is uh, up in your bathroom, Maria. Yeah. There's a photo of her. Legend has it that thing's been taken quite a, a few I times. Hear, yeah, like I hear seven times, 11 times. I think it's probably around seven times. Wow. But um, people love that. And they you know, actually a lot steal of, it. A lot of people say, why don't you just do what Zeitgeist does and just bolt it to the walls? And I'm like, you know, we're not Zeitgeist, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like respect. But we're just, you know, I'm not going to bolt some of the wall. Somebody wants to steal it, steal it. Yeah. And uh, a cool story about that was probably uh, after it had been sold like four or five times, at the end of the night, like on a rainy night, it was probably 9.30, we close at 10 in Shannon, um, you know, because she's kind of, she's so approachable and warm and lovable. And people sense that. This woman came in and sat by herself and ate. And then she was done eating. She said, hey, Shannon, or, hey, you know, miss, whatever. And she said, can I confide in you? And Shannon said, sure, what, what do you got? And she said, well, 10 years ago, I used to be a, you know, a drug addict and an alcoholic and stuff, and I did a lot of bad stuff. And she's like, I've been sober for a long time, and I'm just out trying to right any wrong that I can. Some are not reparable, but some are. She's like, and I, I stole this, paint, uh, this picture a decade ago, no way. and I want to return it. She's like, will you take it? and not tell anybody at least till I get out of the building and Shannon said yeah and she gave her the painting and you know she we got the original back you know wow luckily she was uh, doing her amends through AA or something maybe yeah maybe yeah. yeah I don't know I mean luckily Dave Schubert always stokes us out and he swipes back by with he one shot the photo yeah Dave right. Schubert yeah. yeah it's like yeah he's kind of He's always wanted our bathrooms as his zone. So oh, are they the, all his photos? They're all his, except for that. Ten, who's the tennis player in the, one of the bathrooms? Uh, Bjorn. Andre, I guess. No, oh, yeah. no, not no Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. Is it no I Johnny think, uh, or McEnroe? Time, John McEnroe. Yeah. It's an old John McEnroe '70s picture that's pretty sick that we put up, and um, so that's not his. But everything else is his, and he kind of runs the roost on the bathrooms, and uh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. You know the story behind that photo? Like, has Schubert ever told you, like, the era or what it is? It was at the, don't, I think it's the Uptown bathroom. And she had a trick where she would tie matches to her nipple. Uh-huh. And they would stay on them, and then she'd light them. Right. And I think they were at the Uptown, you know, probably a 
just average mid 90s night and you know schubert's always got his camera on him all the time and yeah, i've fine. known him for like 30 years and i've he's always with camera you know what i mean yeah and um so i think he just said hey step up on the toilet in this bathroom do your trick yeah you know and um she did and i just think everything was aligned it was just a cool picture, you know it what is, I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I people, first people love it. I you came know? here, I it's, saw it. I yeah, was like, I yeah, know her. Yeah. So I, I mean, Brian Anderson was here like on New Year's Eve, and he was saying that I don't know if this is true or not that she might be a little slut shamed about that picture. Uh, and I'm like, why? This is that's like 25 years ago. It's like almost like what yeah. we we're just talking about. It's like I don't right. know. Whatever, but that's the anyways, new trend. People want to kill you for 20 years ago. They don't want to attack right. you for who you are now. Exactly, which it's, is fucked. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's a cool picture. And um, shout out to Schubert. Schubert, He's the man. Yeah, and Maria. Yeah, Maria too. Every time we come in here, I swear to God, I don't think there's been one time where I've come here where I haven't gone to the bathroom taken a photo of it and texted it to her. Really? And she's like, ah. She's like, probably over it, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's thing. great, yeah. though. You know, she yeah. gets her San Francisco love. Yeah. Out, out Represent. Yep. Um, we just got a text message from Brad Stabe. He said to ask you about your art collection. My art Oh, he... <laughs> ah. <laughs> Him and I were probably... He's probably drinking gin, and he doesn't drink tonic because it's fattening. It's too much sugar. And um, I was probably drinking Fernet, and him and I were sending videos back and forth to like one or two in the morning at our houses. And so I made him a, a, just a video of my house and some of the art. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know what he's specifically thinking about. I got some cool Gone stuff that Mickey's given me and Jake's given me. Oh, right. Um, you know, that's really cool. And uh, old Chris Johansson stuff that's like a big-ass one that's Sick. really, really dope. And, yeah. uh some Jagle, Jason Jagle stuff that's really, I mean, whatever, just through the years, I've just kind of, kind of collected stuff, and uh, I mean, that, that's probably what he's talking about, I don't, yeah, I don't know, it's probably, it's just, yeah, some Choner art up on my walls in my house, yeah. And our token name drop question, who's, has there ever been somebody famous that's come in to dine here, somebody that you recognized, if so, like, who uh, would be the let's most? Let's see here, yeah, through the years, yeah, you know, uh, you know who came in, the people really dig a lot, is to do the, that makes the Pink Flamingo movies with the skinny mustache. Oh, John Waters. John Waters used to come in here a lot, like all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he gives Jason Jesse a Christmas card every year. Does he? In the, in the mail, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. I mean, there's been so many, like, you know, rockers and models and whatever. I mean, I uh -huh. don't even know who's the one, like, where we freaked out about. Uh -huh. uh, one time, uh, uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, but what's the other... Uh, late night host guy uh oh uh jimmy fallon jimmy fallon came in really which was a trip and he ate right here on this table and uh the thing that i remember was he got here and before he ate he's like he's like can i get a vodka red bull and i was like uh dude we don't we don't have we just have beer and wine you know yeah and i was like you really want one and he's like i kind of do and i'm like why he's like it gets me juiced to eat and it keeps me juiced after i go out and like um i was like I'll go. I'll, I'll hook it up. I'll get. I got you. So I went and got like some oh, sky vodka. Yeah, I just went up to the you yeah. know murder mart up the street and got some stuff and uh, made him made him a couple of those. And um, I just thought it was funny that Jimmy Fallon wants wants vodka Red Bulls but before. You're his not meal. the type of restaurant that gets photos of all those people and have them in your office or. We are the opposite. Like yeah. I don't ever take pictures of people. Take pictures with people. Okay. Um, any of that. I just because. 
You know what I mean? I just want them to feel comfortable here. Sure. You know what I mean? Because a lot of, I mean, people on any given night, people are in here that are, you know, notable or whatever. Yeah. And I forget who, like, it wasn't Cameron Diaz. There was another blonde actress that had friends that lived up here in Burl Heights, but she had people call all day to make sure she was in a play. I forget, who was it? It was um, Meg, not Meg, right? Um, whatever. One of those famous yeah. actresses. And, you know, we don't do anything different. We don't bug them. I told the wait staff to leave them alone. And, you know, I, I think they I think they like that because they probably get it everywhere else. Yeah. You know, it's like, so not here, you know, like leave them the fuck alone. Let them be a normal person for a yeah. while because it's got to be exhausting, you know? Yeah. It, but and, it totally depends, though, because I've heard both ways. I've heard people be offended like they didn't. They didn't even ask me for a photo. It's like, yeah. don't you complain about that all Sorry, the time? Sorry, <laughs> we didn't powder your feet tonight, yeah. but it's like, no, nah, no, not here. That's just not us. You know, there's places, plenty of places will do that, but um, it's yeah. not us. That's it, you know. Well, Sick, I really appreciate you taking the time out for me to come down here and this do this. Fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Yeah. Got to mention this. Got to hype this up. You fucking helped us out big time when we were doing the OJ show. That was sick. Yeah, that was I. That was fun. I'd love to do more stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love seeing the end product. I love seeing everyone rip down Mission Street and yeah. you know get off and come on in. And that was a good crew. It was, it was Jason. It was who else? Me, was it? Jason and Cranberry. Cranberry. And Pat Duffy. Yeah, Pat Duffy. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was that was fun. And then we were in here. Actually, uh, another plug is we were here on Jason's birthday the night we went to see Morrissey. That's right. We came here and ate here first, and uh, that was one yeah of with the, Joe Brooke and that yeah, was one of the most special nights of our lives. Like yeah, Morrissey set was insane. We came here at Epic Food, and it was just the three of us broing down and yeah. You Jason guys, still you guys talks are, about that really? as being like one of his favorite birthdays. Do of you all remember? Time. I gave him a T-shirt for his birthday. What did it say on it? You don't remember, do you? I thought it was like I might have a cool. photo somewhere. I don't I care. Don't I don't care. I just thought I was like, what was it? What was yeah. on that T-shirt? Yeah. But whatever. Whenever the bros come to SF, though, we come to Blue Plate because they take care of us and it's delicious and it it is comfortable arrangement and everything. So. If you're in San Francisco, come down and uh, try the fried chicken would be my recommendation. Yeah, fried chicken and meatloaf all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Corey. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys like what you're listening to, you could always subscribe. And uh, this has been another episode of Talking Schmidt. Take care and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> right on.